0: Hello and welcome to the Talking Food with Bid Food podcast. For this episode, we're going to do things a little bit differently. On the 19th to the 21st of April, we hosted our big virtual food and drink show, which had a number of different panels, presentations and supplier stands for customers to attend. As part of it, I hosted a panel discussing the future of contract catering, with a specific focus on white-collar officers returning and getting back on their feet. To discuss this, I was joined by Paul Brown, who's our business development controller at Bidfood for the business and industry sector. Samantha Davis, who is the head of operational procurement for CH & Co. And Alex Briggs, who's the head of food at Mighty. I started things off by asking Paul about himself and the kind of customers that he deals with.
1: I started off as a chef. I'm now in my third decade in the catering industry, so you can work numbers out for your uh, sales. i lead the B&I sector. (laughs) Uh, I manage a manager team of uh, client directors and national account managers. Our sector really covers uh, large and medium sized national contracts uh, covering workplace, education, healthcare, and custodial. That's me.
0: Thank you, Paul. Um, I'll go to you next, Sam. So, obviously, you're the head of operational procurement at CH Co. Can you tell me a little bit about CH Co and what you do in your role?
2: Yeah, for sure. So um, I've been with CH and co coming up to five years this year. Um, we are a contract caterer and we're in state and independent education, healthcare, workplace events and also venues as well. Um, uh, my role is, is I'm responsible for the link between the operations team and the category managers. So I do, I am in, heavily involved in all the mobilizations, making sure the service is absolutely spot on and that the uh, team can deliver what they need to for their clients.
0: Amazing. Thank you, Sam. And finally, Alex, welcome. You are the head of food for Mighty now. Can you give us a little bit of a background of yourself and a little bit about Mighty?
3: Sure. Thanks, Joe. Um, well, like Paul, I started life as a chef in the hotel industry. I've worked for Mighty for, um, for four months now since the um, purchase of InterServe, where I was previously. So we've moved across into, into Mighty. Um, and that's a, a really exciting time for us. Uh, my role um, is I head up a, a, a central team that provides all of the food development, um, central systems and processes, and basically the link between suppliers, um, and, and all of the sites in which we operate. Um, and we have a diverse mix, um, like like Sam mentioned with CH & Co. So we operate in education, healthcare, and the B&I industry.
0: I'll start things off with you, Paul. Um, to put it sort of as nicely as I can, it's been quite a bleak year for contract caterers, hasn't it, really? So how would you sum up the market performance over the last year?
1: Yeah, it's been an extremely difficult Yeah, I think if we start with yeah, the impact on the B&I sector that I manage, if you go back to last March where we lost 70% of our trade overnight, the impact there was because uh, all workplace catering, white collar, uh, closed down overnight stock trading. We also, uh, we're also fortunate enough to keep the white collar sites trading uh, with uh, essential workers supporting those sites. And really, that trade comes from uh, manufacturing sites, also pharmaceutical and retail online. As we all know, retail online peat So, anyone in those facilities, we were serving food. Uh, on the backdrop of that, we've supported uh, heavily the uh, blue light services kept us busy. Obviously, you understand healthcare and custodial with hospitals and lockdowns in uh, prisons, custodial world. So, yeah, very busy with uh, really cost sector, blue light, manufacturing, pharmaceutical. And then in between each lockdown, what we found is uh, within uh, the b sector, 25% of our business was in uh, education, which is uh, independent schools and state schools. So in that lockdown, we welcome back that extra volume from the education sector. And on the backdrop of that, we never really got to a real baseline because of the lockdowns. So uh, we had peaks and troughs, really, within our trading. And on re- on, really on reflection of uh, last year, thinking back, you know, collaboration with our, our supplier partners, our customers really worked well because it was a new environment. We all had to quickly adjust to it and we had some challenges along the, along the way, so resilience was key and we worked through that and slowly working through it, I'm sure you know, the panel will probably agree, you, know, you start to get used to this new world and uh, it was challenging, but looking back, I'm, I'm delighted with ourselves, the team, our customers, how we've managed such a difficult situation.
0: Excellent. Um, So moving on to where we are like now, what would you say are the main issues in the market at the moment?
1: I would say if you look at at the general market, uh, there's some stats at the moment that are saying that the contract catering market fell by 55% last year, which is equal to 3.2 billion market loss, which is absolutely huge. I think on a positive note, what we've got now since those stats is we've got the, uh, the government roadmap, which maps us out. We've, we've already seen, it gives us some real positive uh, future view because we've got this Freedom Day now, the 21st of June. So we've got something to work to. We've already seen from the 12th of April with pubs opening for outdoor uh, dining, food and drink, and also retail opening, some positive signs of people eating out. I think the weather's helped, even though I think some people have been out when it's absolutely freezing just to go out and about. <laughs> So it shows that that demand is still there. And uh, at the weekend with Wembley and uh, the government trial in Wembley, with uh, supporters, I think there's four thousand supporters went to Wembley. So anyone who's really cautious about being out and about with the government trials with football and people starting to ease that that should really help with people coming back into the workplace. And uh, on the roadmap as well, I'm keen to understand. When we get to the 17th of May, with hotels opening, that should hopefully uh, start business meetings in hotels and engagement of people meeting face-to-face, which will, again, will help people being confident to be out and about. Uh, the vaccine programs rollout is a positive for us, and I'm sure there's some pent-up demands um, with people wanting to come back to the workplace. Uh, it plays a huge part for us. To, for people to come back, engage with their colleagues and uh, start to use hospitality. And I do feel that some people are really fed up with uh, being at home and they do wanna be back in the workplace. So there's some real positives there, even though on the backdrop, you know, we're in a market that's unknown and it is, it is is gonna be difficult.
0: That's great, thank you, Paul. Um, so I'll now sort of look at how we can bring this to life with the cages we've got on here. Um, Starting with Sam, how has the last year been for CH&Co? I guess it's been a case of just constantly adapting throughout, has it?
2: Oh, I think the the phrase is a roller coaster. Um, yeah. We were all together, actually, ironically, I think on March the 12th, when Ireland um, started closing down the schools. And even then, everyone, I think, was in a little bit of disbelief on what actually was happening. Fast forward the following week and our whole industry as we knew it had completely uh, closed and come to a halt and you know touching on what paul said if you look at education we've had to mobilize and uh, remobilise and close so many times and we must give credit to our teams that are on the uh, floor because they've done a phenomenal job uh, in the education and in healthcare with the stop start stop start um, approach but I would definitely say the uncertainty that came with COVID um, and the agility that we had to and the speed that we had to move at. I mean, we had a lot of supplies that unfortunately didn't make it. And and suddenly you're faced with having to um, we look at your supply chain, look at who you're going to, how you're going to deliver. And it was really about partnership for me last year. It was working with the suppliers, so working together, and um, we were all in it together. So we looked at things on how we can help in terms of things like changing minimum orders, changing the frequency of delivery. But also, you know, looking at what the offer was, we suddenly saw a massive departure from obviously sitting down eating in canteens to more fast food and um, packaged uh, ready to go so the sandwich suppliers suddenly became really really super important to us and that scope of being able to deliver and the quantities but equally for them they didn't have um, the rest of their business so they didn't have um, as many staff in etc and it was trying to find that balance and you know paul and i've discussed it at length is part of your business is operational and moving but for that supplier it wasn't the same across their business and they had to make decisions to um on how they'd operate and i think you know we talk about partnership and collaboration and i think that that actually was a real positivity that came out of covid is really understanding each other's businesses and really understanding what was the art of the possible um, I know that we certainly t- took the decision um, during lockdown to really uh, radically change our supply chain because actually um, we took the decision that while the company was in hibernation, that was the time to make um, changes within our supply chain alongside with BidFood. And it gave us that ability to really push the boundaries. And, and what we've really seen now is um, people you know, are nervous about uh, uh, not strangers but effectively delivery drivers coming onto site that they don't necessarily know etc etc so it gave us that opportunity to start looking at how we deliver to sites how we can be more nimble um, how we can take cost out and i think that was probably the biggest thing for everyone is how do you take cost out of your business and whether that be through people or uh, or putting in new processes certainly for us we've gone through an evolution of uh, change. And, it, and it, it continues to go. And And I think we looked at everything. We've looked at adjacent markets, whether that be um, doing home deliveries and doing subscriptions. And I think everyone had to suddenly Come to market with things that they may have in in the past spent eighteen months developing and having you know <laughs> a really robust marketing plan and doing testing and piloting, and suddenly it was everyone was offering everything. You know, Bidfood did their um, their you know home deliveries. Um, we saw um, smaller suppliers doing subscription services, and what we really saw was people adapting to that change and and. For me, it was the collaboration with suppliers, and I think that's something that's really positive that's come out of COVID, and, you know, it has been really horrendous, and people have lost their jobs, they've lost their lives, you know, they've had to completely change the way that we interact with each other. I mean, look at us, we're all, you know, sitting in our own homes or offices doing this, you know, 18 months ago, we'd have all been face to face in a room, in a conference room with you know hundreds of people there and so for me my take out of the last year is um being agile and collaboration i think they're my two really big takeaways
0: it's quite remarkable really isn't it how all this happened in a year yeah. how about for you alex
3: yeah i echo much of what sam said there i mean uh, you know i think that the day all this kicked off is, in, is is firmly ingrained in all of our minds isn't it and the, the roller coaster <laughs> analogy is probably a good one but i'd throw in the old brick wall along the way <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> just when you thought you've got your head around it there'd be another twist and it'd be oh my god <laughs> yeah. there's another there's another lockdown and you know these variants and everything else but I think um you know it's brought in my view it's brought the catering industry together um mm. you know we've, we've perhaps in mm. siloed maybe and you know and, and that's in natural in, in business isn't it I know but um I think you know that collaborative working is is something that's really blossomed out of this and 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 I think um as caterers we're used to being agile um and that's helped too there's never uh There's never two days the same, and we're always getting curveballs balls and strange requests yeah. and are used to adapting quickly um but I guess you know with with that being the case still a, still a huge test um for us but um mm. you know i I guess back at the beginning of this, our first focus was keeping our staff safe. Um, there was a lot of fear, wasn't there? People were worried about, you know, the enormity of everything. Um so a huge amount of effort um, in, in training our teams, amending our processes in sites that remained open to make sure people were comfortable to go back to the workplace or stay in the workplace and continue to work. Um, and th- and then likewise for customers, you know, the 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 um the stickers on the floor and and all of those things that now are just commonplace, yeah. aren't they? Um you know, putting all that in place was just was just a, a, a real bizarre thing. Um but, but needed to give people confidence to be at work and, and want to carry on doing some of the things that they're familiar doing. This roadmap, um, hopefully it continues as, as planned and, and we get we get that journey, you know, back to normality. Um and I think we probably will get there, you know, probably quicker than we think. But Maybe a lot of this has also fast forwarded some of the things that were already on the horizon. You know, the the use of technology and apps and everything else, I think, was coming fast anyway. Um, It just happened a bit quicker. Um, But I think some of those changes in how people expect to be able to get their food in the workplace, I think, were were a couple of years down the road already um, and maybe was in the back of most of our minds that that's where we would potentially end up going.
1: Just listen to it, Alex, I'm thinking back about last year. It just, you know, Mm. we've been through a very challenging period, but hopefully the lessons learned from that challenging period and we've got the collaboration will put us in good stock for the next part of the journey. Hopefully it's uh, more, more successful.
3: Yeah.
0: So I'll move our, us on to the next sub, subject on around sort of future predictions and how the consumer has developed in the terms of the food and drink offer you do. So I'll start with you, Alex, this time. And I know okay. like a lot of what I'm, this is going to be reliant on what the government imposed. But I guess what we do know, there's going to be things like uh, hybrid working in places. And that, and that will obviously mean that customers will have fewer days in the office for you to capture spend. So. I guess, how do you see the landscape playing out in the sort of short-term future?
3: Yeah, you know, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Um, Because I don't, even with the roadmap, I think there's still a bit of inconsistency in people's interpretations in workplace or, you know, education, for example. Um, I know we spoke before about, you know, in education, there's some schools that have almost carried on as normal and others that have really taken a hard line approach. I think that will probably be the same regardless of the roadmap in some, some of the business and industry sites that we have. Um, you know, indeed some have remained reasonably open, um and some have completely shut. And I think that opening will happen in the in the same the same sort of vein. But um getting those people to, to eat in the workplace, I think it, it's gonna be tricky to begin with, but I think we're all creatures of habit, aren't we? And it and those those I guess they're not new behaviours, old new behaviours will come yeah. back pretty quick um, and we'll want that convenience of being able to get or, or, or they, you know, customers will want that convenience of being able to get that food in the workplace. Um, but I think, there's, I think there's going to be an expectation that we are able to continue to work in this app technology style um, way of ordering, you know, people sitting at their desk, maybe something that they'll feel much more comfortable doing to begin with. So maybe um, click and deliver is going to be something that's going to, going to ramp up. But again, something I think that was coming. Um, and I think the advantage for us, if that's the way it goes, we'll be able to offer a much wider choice of food because we don't have to load hot plates in the, in the same way that perhaps traditionally you would in a big office. Um, and it can become much more of a call order type scenario, more, more sort of room service restaurant style approach. Yeah. Um, which may actually help us provide better quality, um, you know, and better value to the customers. And I think that would be, be a welcome change.
1: Alex, it's interesting because when you think about it, we've got to understand what the new customer looks like. If we hear this term hybrid. Um, yeah. You know, we talk about that we've got people maybe in office three days a week with a five-day budget and how do we get more, you know, more spend per head. But yeah. it's going to be a journey understanding this customer and their requirements,
3: isn't it, really? Yeah, it is, yeah. I think we're all a stone overweight. I think that's what we're going to look like to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> we're all sat at home, you know, not moving and eating. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, so maybe there'll be a drive on healthy eating as well. Um, but I think some yeah. linked promotions and deals to keep people eating throughout the days that they are in the office. Um, you know, there's some things you can do there to try and encourage people, but, um, yeah going to be interesting i
2: think sure. the other thing is is that because we've all been at home we we're all bored and actually yeah, yeah, getting back yeah. into this and having someone yeah. else cook for you is going to be yeah. a real treat in itself yeah and, and you, you see you know, that now don't you
3: people queuing to get in still- pubs yeah.
2: yeah, and you know, something really simple like making sure your coffee is on point because that will make the difference for someone on their days, an amazing cup of coffee, and amazing pastry. Yeah. Because the one thing that filled me with dread through lockdown was all the time that my kids going to me, What can I have to eat? What can I have to yeah. eat? <laughs> I'm not a restaurant. Um and so for me, my bit of the excitement of coming out of lockdown was going physically to somewhere else so that someone else is doing the cooking the cleaning and me not having to think about it is and i think that's what people are craving for with that social interaction yeah. coming into the office and as caterers it's our responsibility to make sure that that experience is absolutely spot on from the yeah. service, from the food, yeah. from that absolute experience, and you know, I think people are going to want reassurance. I think certainly I did through lockdown was more shop local, I was very much more conscious about supporting my local community, my independent shops, probably over the extent of going to a supermarket because I felt like the independents yeah. needed our support more. And I think we will find that coming through. I think there'll be a much more yeah. need for. Understanding where our products come from, supporting SMEs, um, bringing those new trends through that you wouldn't necessarily cook yourself at home. And I think that's the key is, um, you know, we don't want to just replace our kitchen table for, um, our you know, our staff restaurant, staff dining. We want an experience because that's what's going to draw us back in is meeting oh, yeah. with your colleagues. Socially distanced cup of coffee, you know, having a catch up—they're the things. It's that face-to-face social interaction. I think everyone's really craving, and not having to cook. So my, mine is all about not cooking for me. Yeah, I,
1: I would totally, I would totally agree with that because I'm getting a bit fed up of brown bread and ham sandwiches now with of uh, mustard. <laughs> It'd be just nice, It'd be nice to uh, get into hospitality where you've got ingredients cooked for you that you don't usually buy yourself. I still think people yeah. will lean to their old favourites. We have new innovation in food and concepts, but there will mm. be somebody who really enjoys. But also, I think working in the work environment at first, it will be it'll be all new, having a team lunch together. So it should yeah. uh, it should be uh, really over the next three to six months as people start to return, we should see that uptake in the uh, spent head
2: think people will be more concentrated in when they come in and so yeah. you know the hybrid type of working they're more likely to spend more because it's a real i'm only going in the office two or three times a, a week treat. so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna treat myself
0: yeah i'm gonna go straight to sort of last question which is probably the hardest question of them all um which is around what's going to happen in sort of longer term future so paul i'll start with you first and i hope you've got your crystal ball in front of you right now but (laughs) so how do you see how do you see things recovering do you see well what what's going to happen next
1: well it's interesting because i've got a mintech report that tells me that it's going to take four years for the workplace catering to uh, recover white color but obviously i'm an optimist i don't think it'll take four years i think we'll get We'll get a baseline, a trading baseline, in the next 12 to 18 months would be my recommendation. I'd like to see the government give us some guidelines when they do the five-week review to make sure that people understand when they return to the workplace about social, if there is any social distancing. Why if there are any new regulations and also public transport getting into the workplace? So I think we have clarity from the government, which I know UK hospitality are driving that for us as well, which will be good because people are more more uh, confident returning. I see uh, we talked about, uh, you know, tech. I think tech is a massive uh, part of the future when it comes to one, saving costs, also uh, improving ways of working, improve the customer experience. And on the back of that, hopefully drive innovation spend, which uh, we've touched on today, which I think that'll be really key for us. CSR, that's gonna be back on the agenda for me. So that's going to come around. We're working hard behind the scenes on that, and I think you'll look at reducing plastics, net zero carbon, food waste is huge on the agenda. And you know, just to finish off on a positive note about the future, yeah, we're in a positive sector. We all work hard. I think the sector can adjust. Caterers always adjust and recover. And uh, what they do best is they're experts in delivering service and food.
0: Nicely said. And Sam, what what would you say?
2: for me is the continuation of collaboration i think supplier relationships in fact i wouldn't really even call them relationships it's partnerships now and i think the old days of that you know that grating together and certainly i've seen over the last 12 18 months completely disappear it's about working together to to reach a common goal and that transparency and you know being able to call behaviors out and i think that goes across the business is that we've become much more agile I think there will be more process put in place tech again as paul said but i think for me my big thing is is that we have to get back on the csr agenda we have to you know the amount of disposable whether it be ppe uh, single-use plastic over the last 18 months through, went through the roof and you know for me that is critical it you know looking at what we're doing on waste it's looking at upstreaming getting this you know going to that farm getting that reassurance to people i think these are all that the local bit i think these are the things that will continue to drive um through the next 18 months to two years
0: that's brilliant thank you sam and alex finally what would you say
3: yeah i, I think much the same you know taking all of those things that we were focused on before all this happened all the csr stuff which you know, I guess rightly got pushed to one side, but very much needs to come back to the fore. And just getting back to um, giving people good food in the workplace, it's, you know, we we get there. There's no, de- there's no doubt about that. And I think once the roadmap kicks in and those changes start to happen, there'll be a huge economic push from government to get people back into work, to get the infrastructures back to where they were with, you know, transport and everything else. And that'll be the focus once I think there's confidence that we're, you know in in a good place in terms of you know people having had vaccines and the infection rates and everything else hopefully nicely stabilized i'm, I'm confident the government will give it a real push to get people back to work um, yeah. and you know that'll be welcomed and and yeah the sooner that happens the better you know this collaboration yeah. and, and everything else has been great and it needs to it needs to stay there for sure
0: That was Alex Briggs from Mighty bringing our panel discussion to a close.
3: You also heard from Samantha
0: Davis from CH&Co and Paul Brown from BidFood talking about the changing phase of contract catering. If you want to know more about what happened at the big virtual food and drink show, you can still access the recordings of the talks and see all of our supplier stands until the 21st of May when you sign up via bidfood.co.uk forward slash events next up in the series, we'll be talking about what you need to do to be ready to relaunch as we come out of the restrictions across the country. Thanks for listening and goodbye.